Hello and welcome to another teaching by 119 Ministries. Our ministry teaches that the whole Bible is true and applicable for our lives today. If you would like to know more about what we believe and teach, please visit us at testeverything.net. We hope that you enjoy studying and testing the following teaching. This series by 119 Ministries is completely dedicated to examining some of the most challenging issues related to Yahweh's calendar. It proceeds with the assumption that you already recognize that the whole Bible is true and applicable to all believers today. The goal of this series is not to suggest that we have everything figured out regarding this subject. In fact, we know that we do not, and we're not going to pretend that we do. The reality is, is that we may understand nothing, for whatever it is worth, we are simply sharing our studies on these matters, which of course could change at any time after further study. In fact, after some time passes, we may find that we're not happy with our own results and even change our position after further ongoing study. This series will force us to take a position in a sea of controversy. This means that by default, not everyone will be happy with the results or conclusions of this teaching. Many may be disappointed or perhaps even angry that we did not come to the same conclusions as them. At minimum, we hope our presentation at least offers understanding as to why we currently believe what we believe. At best, we hope that this teaching offers you clarity, resolve, and understanding when it comes to our Creator's calendar. We ask that you continue to test everything according to the Word of God, including this teaching, and hopefully, as is our intent, we simply offer clarity and insight on this topic instead of more confusion. If you would like to learn more on what we believe and teach, we encourage you to visit us at testeverything.net. We pray that this teaching series blesses you. In part one of this series, we covered foundational material. We learned that in the beginning, night came first, and then day. We also learned how that physical concept relates back to the spiritual realm. We were born in darkness, and we came into the light when we came into the Word of God. In part two of this series, we learned how the rest of the Tanakh, or the Old Testament, confirms this understanding in the application of a night first, and then day model of the 24-hour Hebraic day. In the final teaching on this subject, we will cover some supportive scripture in the Brit Hadashah, 
or the New Testament, as well as answer some common objections to the night first and then day model. So let's get started in looking at some of the verses in the New Testament. The death of our Messiah. An individual put to death on a tree was to be buried that same day. Deuteronomy 21, verses 22 through 23. And if a man has committed a crime punishable by death, and he is put to death, and you hang him on a tree, this body shall not remain all night on the tree, but you shall bury him the same day. For a hanged man is cursed by God. You shall not defile your land that Yahweh your God is giving you for an inheritance. Joshua, who shares the same Hebrew name as our Messiah, practiced this commandment. Joshua 8.29 And he hanged the king of Ai on the tree until evening. And at sunset Joshua commanded, and they took down his body from the tree and threw it at the entrance of the gate of the city and raised over it a great heap of stones, which stands there to this day. This commandment was also observed for our Messiah. John 19, verse 31. Since it was the day of preparation, the 14th day of the first month, and so that the bodies would not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high day, the Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. According to Deuteronomy chapter 21, the bodies were to be taken down the same day. How much more so when it was before a Sabbath night? If this Sabbath only began at sunrise, then why were they rushing to break the legs of the thieves and take them down from the cross nearly 15 hours before the Sabbath began? There is no command in the Old Testament that the body should not remain on the cross on the Sabbath. The command in the Torah was the body should be taken down that same day. It does not say in John 19.31 that the body should not remain on the cross at night, but that the bodies should not remain upon the cross on the Sabbath day. According to the Torah, the body should be taken down before the end of that day. John 19.31 correlates that Torah commandment with the beginning of the Sabbath. This clearly implies that the Sabbath started that night after sunset, and not at sunrise. This man went unto Pilate and begged the body of Yeshua, and that day was the preparation, and the Sabbath drew on. The Revised Standard Version translates Luke 23:54 in this way. It was the day of preparation, and the Sabbath was beginning. The Sabbath drew on, or the Sabbath was beginning, does not make sense if the Sabbath was beginning nearly 15 hours later. This again shows that the Hebraic day began not at sunrise, but at sunset, which was the beginning of the high Sabbath for the Feast of Unleavened Bread. The Resurrection John gives us the period during which Mary Magdalene visited the tomb to anoint the body of Yeshua. John chapter 20, verse 1. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and saw that this stone had been taken away from the tomb. When it was still dark means that the sunrise had not yet taken place. John calls this time the time before sunrise as the first day of the week. 
This proves that the first day of the week started even before the sun could rise. That means that the first day of week, according to John, did not start at sunrise, but at sunset the previous night. Yeshua as our first fruits. Yeshua was our Passover sacrifice. However, when he resurrected, he was the high priest after the order of Melchizedek, who, of course, would also have the responsibility of waving the first fruits before Yahweh. Romans chapter 8, verse 23. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. 1 Corinthians 15, 20. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who had fallen asleep. And three verses later, 1 Corinthians 15, 23, But each in his own order, Christ the first fruits, then at his coming those who belong to Christ. In James 1, 18, Of his own will begot he with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. The high priest in the temple was required to wave the first fruits of barley before Yahweh. This is also called the day of first fruits. Yeshua also needed to fulfill this in the order of Melchizedek. This was to occur the day after the weekly Sabbath, Leviticus 23, verse 11. And he shall wave the sheaf before Yahweh, so that you may be accepted. On the day after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. Yet we know that Yeshua rose as the first fruits before it was light. The stone was already rolled away. John chapter 20, verse 1. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So, once again, after sunset, but before morning, was biblically defined as the next day. As an interesting side note, the Talmud documents that in the first century that the sickle was put to the grain as the sun was going down on the weekly Sabbath. Thus, in the first century, their practice recognized that a new day is beginning as the sun was setting. The second century Mishnah affirms that when the Sadducees controlled the temple, the sickle was put to the grain just as the sun was going down on the weekly Sabbath. This is because the sickle is to be put to the standing grain on the same day as first fruits. Deuteronomy 16, verse 9. You shall count seven weeks. Begin to count the seven weeks from time to the sickle is first put to the standing grain. Objections to a night first, then day model. There are some objections to a Hebraic day beginning at night. In this section, we would like to address some of those. Genesis 19. So they made their father drink wine that night. And the firstborn went in and lay with her father. He did not know when she lay down or when she arose. The next day, the firstborn said to the younger, Behold, I lay last night with my father. Let us make him drink wine tonight also. Then you go in and lie with him, that we may preserve offspring from our father. The first thing that is often pointed out here is that they drank wine that night and immediately we were presented with the next day. In the minds of some, the next day is daylight, thus proving in their minds that morning begins the next day. On the surface, it appears sound, but in close analysis, it really doesn't work. 
How so? The next day, the firstborn said to the younger, Behold, I lay last night with my father. When did the firstborn say this? Was it during the day or at night? Let us make him drink wine tonight also. Then you go in and lie with him, that we may preserve offspring from our father. So they made their father drink wine that night also. And the younger arose and lay with him. And she did not know when she lay down or when she arose. We can't prove when she made these comments. If these comments were made during the day, then that might support daylight beginning a new Hebraic day. If these comments were made at night, then that might support the night beginning a new Hebraic day. Since the context does not specifically reveal the timing of these comments, this passage is not really of any use for either in deciding either position. Exodus 10.13 So Moses stretched out his staff over the land of Egypt, and Yahweh brought an east wind upon the land all that day and all that night. When it was morning, the east wind had brought the locusts. So here it is argued that that day belonged to that night, thus proving that day is first and then night. It is a valid point, at least in the English. The argument hinges on the word that, prefacing both day and night. In the Hebrew, that day is not connected with that night. It suddenly becomes the night. For example, let's examine a literal Hebrew translation. Exodus 10.13, Young's Literal Translation. And Moses stretcheth out his rod against the land of Egypt, and Jehovah hath led an east wind over the land all that day and all the night. The morning hath been, and the east wind hath lifted up the locust. As we can see, when we examine the literal Hebrew, the previous day is not connected to the following night. So what we discover is that Exodus 10.13 actually supports a night first and then day model of the 24-hour Hebraic day. Exodus 16. On the sixth day they gathered twice as much bread, two omers each. And when all the leaders of the congregation came and told Moses, he said to them, This is what Yahweh has commanded. Tomorrow is a day of solemn rest, a holy Sabbath to Yahweh. Bake what you will bake and boil what you will boil. And all that is left over lay aside to be kept till morning. So they laid it aside till the morning, as Moses commanded them. And it did not stink, and there are no worms in it. Moses said, Eat it today, for today is a Sabbath to Yahweh. Today you will not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, which is a Sabbath, there will be none. On the seventh day, some of the people went out to gather, but they found none. So here it is argued that the next day was a Shabbat proving that the day begins the next 24-hour Hebraic day because they gathered it on the sixth day, and in the morning, it was the seventh day. In reality, this does not support either a day-first or night-first model. They collected bread during the daylight on the sixth day. They kept the bread until morning, meaning they had to go through a night to arrive at a morning. This event is compatible with both 24-hour models. Whether one subscribes to a day-first or night-first model, the morning after the sixth day would always be the seventh day. Exodus 18.13 The next day Moses had to judge the people, and the people stood around Moses from morning till evening. Here it is argued from morning till evening was the next day. This is true. Whether one subscribes to a day-first or night-first model, 
morning till evening would always be the next day. In this context, focus on morning to evening fits the time as daylight in which the congregation would approach Moses for decisions. Thus, in the interest of determining what comes first, day or night, this verse does not help either position. Exodus 32, verses 5 through 6. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it, and Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow shall be a feast to Yahweh. And they rose up early the next day, and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Here it is argued that tomorrow is a festival to Yahweh, and they rose on the next day. Whether one subscribes to a day-first or night-first model, the next morning following the previous period of daylight would always be the next day. Thus, in the interest of determining what comes first, day or night, this verse does not help either position. Leviticus 6.20 This is the offering that Aaron and his son shall offer to Yahweh on the day when he is anointed, a tenth of an ephah of fine flour as a regular grain offering, half of it in the morning and half it in the evening. Here it is argued that the offering was to be brought to Yahweh at the beginning of the day. However, it does not state that the offering was to be offered to Yahweh in the beginning of the day. It simply states that the offering schedule occurs in the morning and in the evening. The stating of either morning first or evening first does not help us decide anything in this debate. For example, sometimes evening is mentioned first. Daniel 8.26 The vision of the evenings and the mornings that has been told is true, but seal up the vision, for it refers to many days from now. Or in the Psalms, Psalm 55.17 Evening and morning and at noon, I utter my complaint and moan, and he hears my voice. Or Leviticus 24, 3. Outside the veil of the testimony, in the tent of meeting, Aaron shall arrange it from evening to morning before Yahweh regularly. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations. Moving on. Leviticus 7, 15. And the flesh of the sacrifice of his peace offerings for thanksgiving shall be eaten on the day of his offering. He shall not leave any of it until morning. The question becomes, how can you eat all of it the same day and not leave any of it till morning if your day starts at night? The answer here is in the context. In the subsequent verses, it discusses how some offerings would be eaten the next day. Normally, most people would begin eating again in the morning. Numbers 11, verse 32. And the people rose all that day and all night and all the next day and gathered the quail. Those who gathered least gathered ten omers, and they spread them out for themselves all around the camp. Sometimes it is attempted here to connect the first day with the first night as one complete Hebraic 24 hours. Day and night are opposites, and when contrasted against each other, it is speaking of 12-hour periods. This is defined in the beginning, in Genesis, and throughout the New Testament, and we already offered several examples of this earlier in the teaching. This verse is not defining 24-hour Hebraic days, but simply stating that the gathering of quail began during the daylight, extended through the night, and lasted into the following period of daylight. To attempt to make this verse define a 24-hour Hebraic day is not fair to the context. There are two periods of daylight, 
and in context, a first yom and a second yom. Moving on to the next objection. Joshua chapter 7, 6 through 13. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the earth on his face before the ark of Yahweh until the evening. He and the elders of Israel. And they put dust on their heads, and Joshua said, Alas, Yahweh God, why have you brought this people over the Jordan at all, to give us into the hands of the Amorites, to destroy us? Would that we had been content to dwell beyond the Jordan? O Yahweh, what can I say, when Israel has turned their backs before their enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear of it, and will surround us and cut off our name from the earth. And what will you do for your great name? Yahweh said to Joshua, Get up. Why have you fallen on your face? Israel has sinned. They have transgressed my covenant that I commanded them. They have taken some of the devoted things. They have stolen and lied and put them among their own belongings. Therefore, the people of Israel cannot stand before their enemies. They turn their backs before their enemies because they have become devoted for destruction. I will be with you no more unless you destroy the devoted things from among you. Get up, consecrate the people, and say, Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. For thus says Yahweh, God of Israel, There are devoted things in your midst, O Israel. You cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the devoted things from among you. Here it is declared that Joshua fell before Yahweh until evening. Thus evening cannot be the start of the next day because Yahweh mentions that the people should consecrate themselves for tomorrow. However, we also agree that a new day does not start at evening. Evening is the period lasting from before sunset until it is completely dark. We covered that in the beginning of this teaching series. So evening includes the transition from the previous day into the new day. In the next chapter, for example, evening is mentioned to be before and up to the moment of sunset. Joshua chapter 8. And he hanged the king of Ai on the tree until evening. And at sunset Joshua commanded, and they took his body down from the tree and threw it at the entrance of the gate of the city and raised over it a great heap of stones, which stands there to this day. As we have defined earlier in this teaching, a new day does not begin like a flip of a switch. Days blend together until it is fully dark. When Joshua fell before Yahweh until evening, it could have been just before sunset or at sunset, just like Joshua chapter 9 demonstrates. It may have not been completely dark and thus not a new day. Also, if you have seen our teaching was the Last Supper, a Passover meal, we review the Hebraic understanding that there are two evenings per day, one evening starting after noon, and one evening that is around sunset. Thus, this time frame spoken of here with Joshua couldn't have been any time between noon and sunset, or even extending after sunset into the dark. So when Yahweh states that tomorrow the people must consecrate themselves, that is completely compatible with either a night first or a day first model. These verses do nothing to support either position. Judges chapter 19 verse 9. When the man and his concubine and his servant rose up to depart, his father-in-law, the girl's father, said to him, Behold, now the day has waned toward evening. Please spend the night. Behold, the day draws to its close. Lodge here and let your heart be merry, and tomorrow you shall arise early in the morning for your journey and go home. It is sometimes said that here 
the tomorrow is equated to a new 24-hour Hebraic day. However, did you notice something? The day defined as drawing to the close is when the day has waned toward evening. There is less support here for a full Hebraic day starting in the morning and significant evidence that the Hebraic 24-hour period is ending in the evening. 1 Samuel 19, 10-11 And Saul sought to pin David to the wall with the spear, but he eluded Saul, so that he struck the spear into the wall. And David fled and escaped that night. Saul sent messengers to David's house to watch him, that he might kill him in the morning. But Michael, David's wife, told him, If you do not escape with your life tonight, tomorrow you will be killed. It was already night when David was told to flee in the morning, which is defined as tomorrow. This would suggest that a new Hebraic 24-hour period does indeed begin in the morning. While Mahar often does mean tomorrow, it can simply mean the time to come or later. Strong's H309 Tomorrow and time to come, and the future tomorrow, as in the day following the present day, or a future time. For example, Genesis 30, verse 33. So my honesty will answer for me later when you come to look into my wages with you. Everyone that is not speckled and spotted among the goats and black among the lambs, if found with me, shall be counted stolen. Here, we can see that the word did not literally mean tomorrow. Another example, Exodus 14, 14. In time to come, your son asks you, What does this mean? You shall say to him, By a strong hand, Yahweh brought us out of Egypt from the house of slavery. And we can see here again that this word does not always literally mean tomorrow. Since it is contrasted against that night, the time to come or later being referred to appears to be daylight or morning. These verses do nothing to support either position. 1 Samuel 28 verses 8 through 19. So Saul disguised himself and put on other garments and went, he and two men with him, and they came to the woman by night. And he said, Divine for me by a spirit, and bring up for me whomever I shall name to you. The woman said to him, Surely you know what Saul has done, how he has cut off the mediums and the necromancers from the land. Why then are you laying a trap for my life to bring about my death? But Saul swore to her by Yahweh, As Yahweh lives, no punishment shall come upon you for doing this thing. Then the woman said, Whom shall I bring up for you? He said, Bring up Samuel for me. When the woman saw Samuel, she cried out with a loud voice. And the woman said to Saul, Why have you deceived me? You are Saul. The king said to her, Do not be afraid. What do you see? And the woman said to Saul, I see a God coming up out of the earth. He said to her, What is his appearance? And she said, An old man is coming up, and he is wrapped in a robe. And Saul knew that it was Samuel, and he bowed with his face to the ground and paid homage. Then Samuel said to Saul, Why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? Saul answered, I am in great distress, for the Philistines are warring against me, and God has turned away from me and answers me no more, either by prophets or by dreams. Therefore, I have summoned you to tell me what I shall do. And Samuel said, Why then do you ask me, since Yahweh has turned from you and become your enemy? 
Yahweh has done to you as he spoke by me. For Yahweh has torn the kingdom out of your hand and given it to your neighbor, David. Because you did not obey the voice of Yahweh and did not carry out his fierce wrath against Amalek. Therefore, Yahweh has done this thing to you this day. Moreover, Yahweh will give Israel also with you into the hand of the Philistines, and tomorrow you and your sons shall be with me. Yahweh will give the army of Israel also into the hand of the Philistines. It is assumed that the aforementioned tomorrow was referring to the coming morning. However, the related verses do not conclusively prove a neither day-first-then-night model nor a night-first-then-day model. There is no way to know with complete certainty if the Hebrew word used in scripture that we discussed earlier, machar, refers to the next literal day or simply a later time. The actual timeline between 1 Samuel 28 and 1 Samuel 31 is not definitive. Thus, these verses do nothing to support either position. 1 Samuel 30:17, And David struck them down from twilight until the evening of the next day. And not a man of them escaped except four hundred young men who mounted camels and fled. It is argued that the next day should not have to be defined if the 24-hour Hebraic day ends in the evening. However, it most certainly does. The evening extends from the time before sunset until sunset and extending into the night. It is actually because a day ends in the evening that it does need to be defined. If the mentioned time in the evening was before sunset, it would be the same day. If the mentioned time was after sunset, extending into the dark, it would be the next day. In fact, if the 24-hour Hebraic day began in the morning, it is then that the mention of evening to evening does not require noting that it was the next day, as evening is well after morning. If anything, this verse appears to be strong support for a first night, then day model of the Hebraic day beginning. 2 Samuel chapter 24 So Gad came to David and told him, and said to him, Shall three years of famine come to you in your land? Or will you flee three months before your foes while they pursue you? Or shall there be three days pestilence in your land? Now consider and decide what answer I shall return to him who sent me. Then David said to Gad, I am in great distress. Let us fall into the hand of Yahweh, for his mercy is great. But let me not fall into the hand of man. So Yahweh sent a pestilence on Israel from the morning until the appointed time. And there died of the people from Dan to Beersheba, 70,000 men. Here we note that the three-day plague started in the morning. Three days of pestilence could also be interpreted as encompassing three literal days. Because this section of verses does not define day as being three 24-hour periods, but simply including three days, we are left without being able to use this set of scriptures to support either position. Just the same, sometimes things begin in the evening. Exodus 12:18. And the first month from the 14th day of the month at evening you shall eat unleavened bread until the 21st day of the month at evening. Moving on. Lamentations 3:22. The steadfast love of Yahweh never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. It is argued that they are new every morning because morning is a new day. This, of course, is an assumption. For example, being clean after being unclean begins in the evening. 
we would argue, because that is a new day. Leviticus 11.24 And by these you shall become unclean. Whoever touches their carcasses shall be unclean until the evening. Leviticus 11.25 And whoever carries any part of their carcass shall wash his clothes and be unclean until the evening. Leviticus 11.27 And all that walk on their paws among all the animals that go on all fours are unclean to you. Whoever touches their carcass shall be unclean until the evening. Leviticus 11.28 And he who carries their carcass shall wash his clothes and be unclean until the evening. They are unclean to you. Moving on to the next objection. Jonah chapter 4 Now Yahweh God appointed a plant and made it come up over Jonah, that it might be shade over his head, to save him from discomfort. So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant so that it withered. Here it is argued that when dawn came up, that it defined the next day. First of all, it does not state that dawn defines the next day. It states that when dawn came up, it was the next day. This is true no matter which model one subscribes to. The context of this story starts during the day of the previous day. A night then passes, causing morning to be the next day in either a day first, then night model, or a night first, then day model. These two verses do nothing to support either position. Moving on. Zechariah 14.7 And there shall be a unique day which is known to Yahweh, neither day nor night, but at evening time there shall be light. Because day is mentioned first and then night, it is presumed that daylight must begin a Hebraic day. If we are going to employ such a means of interpretation, then such reasoning should stand in all of Scripture. However, it does not. Sometimes night is mentioned as preceding day. For example, Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 33. Who went before you in the way to seek you out a place to pitch your tents, in fire by night, and in the cloud by day, to show you by what way you should go. So as we can see, whether day or night is mentioned first, it obviously does not bear any relevance to define a 24-hour Hebraic day. In Matthew 28.1, Mark 16.2, and Luke 24.1, it is argued that Shabbat ended at dawn. Matthew 28.1, Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. Yet, let's read Matthew 28, 1 carefully. It was after the Sabbath, toward the dawn. When something is toward the dawn, it is not yet dawn, but close to dawn. However, it was already after the Sabbath, before it was dawn. This would demonstrate that the Sabbath ended as the sun went down as it was not yet light when Mary Magdalene and the other Mary left to go see the tomb. Mark 16, verses 2 through 4. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb, and they were saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. When they arrived, it became light. Here it mentions that the sun had risen and that the Sabbath has passed. 
They apparently left while it was still dark, per Matthew 28.1, and arrived when it was dark. However, it took the breaking of the day for them to realize that the stone had already been rolled back. Luke 24, verses 1 through 2. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Luke summarizes the event and is consistent with both the Mark and Matthew accounts. John is the most clear and words it very similar to how Matthew did. John 20, verse 1. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Just like Matthew, John mentions that Mary arrived while it was still dark, going toward dawn. However, some try to suggest here that the word for dark here does not mean dark, but simply means a little dark. However, in every instance of the word, it is contrasted against the presence of light, as the opposite of light. For example, John chapter 12, verse 46. I have come into the world as light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. Moving on, John chapter 6, verses 16 through 22. When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started across the sea to Capernaum. It was now dark, and Yeshua had not come to them. The sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Yeshua walking on the sea and coming near the boat, and they were frightened. But he said to them, It is I, do not be afraid. Then they were glad to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at the land to which they were going. On the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there, and that Yeshua had not entered the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. Here it is mentioned that when the next day occurs, it is following dark. However, the context of the story begins the previous day in the evening, and then it becomes dark as the next day. Another point worth mentioning is that evening and night are often contrasted against day, as in daylight. It does not necessarily mean that a new day had begun, but there had been a next period of daylight. In both the English language and the Hebrew culture, the word for day can refer to simply daylight, not necessarily a whole day. This is especially true when the context is contrasting the mentioned period of night then day, or really daylight that follows afterwards. For example, Acts 4 verse 3, And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. Acts 23, 31-32 So the soldiers, according to their instructions, took Paul and brought him by night to Antipatris. And on the next day they returned to the barracks, letting the horsemen go on with him. The night and day are contrasted, as in night and daylight. As you can see, this is a challenging topic, and there is good reason as to why there exists a debate on this matter. We encourage you to study it out for yourselves. And regardless of what position you adopt, please be considerate of others as we are all striving to walk in his word the best that we are able. We hope that this teaching has blessed you. And remember, continue to test everything. Shalom.
it is because of you, our generous supporters, who make it possible to offer these high-quality teachings completely free of charge. If you feel led to support 119 Ministries so that we can continue this effort, please visit testeverything.net and click on the Support 119 tab. Learn how you can partner with us to take the whole Word of God to the nations.